Amen. It is good to be here tonight. Good to see each one of you. And uh, I know some of you are a little bit nervous about this whiteboard. And uh, I know you don't much like that. And I don't much like it neither. Uh, but you thank Brother Kenny for that. I thought I knew this morning what I was going to preach tonight. And uh, he got off on something a little bit this morning and got me a thinking. And uh, we won't try to just try to expound on that just a little bit tonight. And we'll get into that here in just a few minutes. Uh, but I uh, won't try to be a help to us tonight. I won't try to show you some things uh, out of the word of, out of the word of God. And I am going to teach a little bit, uh, but then I'm going to preach just a little bit as well. All right. So you bear with me for a real, real long introduction. Then I won't get you to the very, very end. And I uh, won't try to give you some spiritual meat real quick. And I uh, hope it'll be a blessing to you tonight. Do have much to be in prayer about. Remember all the many prayer requests this morning. Remember those left this morning that God was dealing with. Can you remember them? Remember my grandpa, I uh, talked to mom a little bit this afternoon. He's not doing, wasn't doing too well at all last night. And I uh, had a real rough last night, real rough night last night. And uh, I'm supposed she had a rough night as well. And uh, so I told her tonight not to worry about staying. I believe I could do it by myself. And I think my aunt might try to come help me a little bit, but I'll be staying with him tonight. So you pray for it and uh, pray he gets to doing a little bit better as far as sleeping through the night. Not for us, but so he'd feel a little bit better. And I, I know he seems like it's a pretty good day, uh, but you know how it is. You go several days without sleeping at night, it's hard to have too good of a day, isn't it? So you remember him, and uh, I know he desires your prayers. Remember each other. Remember the service, and uh, remember just several things on my heart tonight. Uh, me and Miss Kendra do still have a special request to ask you to help us pray about. We mentioned it a while back about trying uh, trying to get be able to uh, purchase uh, the house. And uh, things are moving along with that. It's just going to be a pretty long process, but so far everything looks good. Appreciate you praying for us, and uh, you help us continue to pray. And I mean it. Uh, we're getting excited about it. We're 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 looking forward to it. And she's a dreaming, and I'm thinking about all the good things. But uh, I still mean it. If it's not the Lord's will for us to have it, I'd just soon go ahead and shut the door on it and just make it to where we can't. And uh, so you help us continue to pray. The Lord's will be done there. And uh, remember the upcoming events, the ladies' conference. I know you ladies looking forward to that and there at Canaan and the revival of the home, just several things coming up. Remember each one of those. But maybe tonight, real quick, before we go to the Lord and Word of Prayer, somebody have a prayer request on your heart. Remember this. Somebody else?
Amen. Amen. Let's remember this. Somebody else tonight. If so, Kenny, if you would, take the Lord in word of prayer. Somebody got some on your heart, something you need to do, you mind the Lord tonight. If so, be taking your Bibles tonight. Go with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 22. And I uh, won't try to be a help to us tonight. Just want to give you a, a simple truth. Uh, I told Brother Brett, I talked to him just a few minutes ago, and I told him, I said, I'm going to do something I've never done. Uh, there's been a few times that I, I've preached and had two Bibles with me in the pulpit. Not too often, but I have done that a time or two. If I was going to be reading a whole lot of scripture, I'd leave one up here and carry one with me so I could still walk around some. Uh, there's been a few times I've had props, had different things, but I'm doing something tonight I've never done. Uh, I've got two outlines with me that are the exact same thing. And uh, the reason I did that, I'm going to spend part of my time up here 
and then I'm going to spend about half my time down there so so I wouldn't get mixed up. I've got one outline up here and one outline down there, so we can just move right along, all right? So I want you to stay with me. I'm going to show you some stuff, and I'm going to write a few things down so you can see it. Uh, try to help us. It's nothing real, real deep tonight, but it's something I want you to be able to see and uh, be able to see at the same time that I'm going to preach to you as well, all right? Matthew chapter 22, look with me if you would, verse 34, and uh, I'll say this again while you're finding it. You can thank Brother Kenny for this. He's the one got my mind rolling on this thought today, and uh, you'll see what I'm talking about here in just a moment. Matthew 22, verse 34, stand with me if you can enable tonight, honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Bible said, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question. Well, that's never good, is it? It's a lawyer asking you a question. Uh, the Bible said, tempting him and saying, watch verse 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Verse 37, Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Verse 39, And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you tonight. Pray you'd help us as we study your word together. Lord, I pray meet every need. Be with every request been made mention, every unspoken request. Lord, I pray you'd have your will and wait there. Lord, I pray you'd help us tonight to take these truths and apply them to our hearts and lives. Lord, help us give us spiritual insight, give us wisdom that only cometh from you. Lord, we love you tonight and we're thankful, Lord, just to be in your presence. Lord, we pray above all you bring honor and glory unto yourself tonight. Save that one nearest to a devil's help. Give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. You may be seated, and thank you for standing. Now, uh, if you go back just a little bit, you'll find out that the, the, the Sadducees uh, uh, had begun to ask some questions. In fact, I'd love to get back there and uh, deal with some of that. But, well, let's just do it, can we? Verse 23, the Bible said, The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. You've all heard it. Uh, the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. That's the reason they're sad, you see. Isn't that right? They, they don't believe there's any uh, life after death. So, uh, which there is no resurrection. And asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, If a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Verse 26, likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And the last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. So what they're saying is, they said, listen, this man had seven brothers, or the seven, a man had six brothers, seven brothers, and uh, John, they said, he married a wife, and he died, so she went to his brother, which was the custom, and uh, he married her, and then he died, and she went to the next one, and then he died, and she went to the next one, and then he died, and she went to the next one, all the way down, eventually the woman died, and they said, so in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Well, they're just trying to trip him up, isn't that right? And they already, they don't believe in a resurrection, so what's it married to them, isn't that right? So uh, they're trying to trip him up. They're trying to mess him up. And notice what he said. Verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, you do err, do, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. Now what about that? Now let's put that in modern day English. 
He said, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know nothing about the scripture. And you sure don't know nothing about the power of God. I mean, that don't sound too lovey-dovey, does That sounds pretty bold and pretty blunt. Then he went on and said, For in the resurrection they neither married nor given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Now you hold on to that little snippet. That's why I wanted to read it. Wednesday night, we'll probably be right back here dealing with that verse a little bit uh, with the book of Jude. Then verse 31, he said, But it's touching the resurrection of the dead. Ye have not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and, of, and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. The Bible said when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. You know what he said? He said, it's not time in, after the resurrection. It's not time after you die uh, to get things right with the Lord and be worried about what God thinks of you. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living. Isn't that right? And so he's, what he's saying was, don't worry about so much what happens after you're dead. Uh, uh, don't worry about these, these, these little minute things about whose wife is she going to be. Well, what's more important is whether or not the Lord's your God now. Then what, is that right? All right, so they, the Bible said they were astonished at his doctrine. Then verse 34, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Now the Pharisees, this religious crowd, has heard, John, that he's, he's, just, he's just put an end to the Sadducees. He's just got them all messed up. So now they've gathered together and they've decided it's going to be their turn uh, uh, to try to trip him up and try to do these things. Verse 35, then one of them, one of the Pharisees, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, so they sent one Pharisee, the Bible said it was a lawyer, uh, to ask a question to Jesus, uh, to tempt him and to try to trip him up. Now notice what he asked in verse 36, that'll be our text tonight, Master, which is the great commandment? in the law. He said, Master, talking to Jesus, uh, he said, which one is it? Of all the commandments, which one is the greatest? Now, he asked that, John, because he was trying to trip him up and trying to mess him up, but I found that an interesting question. I found that something I was a little interested in, too, about which one is the greatest. And you remember, if you was here from Sunday school this morning, Brother Kenny got off on that just a little bit and uh, talked about how there was one commandment that uh, almost covered all of them, and I won't dig in that a little bit deeper tonight. So the question was, which one is the great command? I knew that happened just as soon as I got up here. The question was, which one is the great commandment? Now, I'm interested in that as well. I want to know a little bit about that too. So he asked him, he said, which one of all the commandments, which one is the greatest? Which one is the great commandment? So I won't deal with that a little bit tonight, that great commandment. Now notice this. Notice with me, first of all, the asking. In verse 36, he asked him and said, Master, uh, which is the great commandment of all the law? There was a question uh, that was asked. He asked him, said, which one is the greatest. Now, it, it seems interesting to me uh, the way Jesus deals with this. We'll get there in just a minute. Uh, but it seems interesting that it almost seems, John, in my mind at least, that uh, I, I, he it seems.
He would have said, well, they're all uh, of equal value or that they're all important. But he gives him an answer and he gives him a uh, definitive answer, Kirk, of which one is the greatest. So not only do we see the, uh, the asking, but notice with me the answer. Now watch what he said in verse number 37. The Bible said, Jesus said unto him, now watch this, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first, now watch this next word, and great commandment. Verse 39, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy so now, bear with me, all right? You listen to me, and I, I'm going to write and talk to you while I'm doing it. So Jesus gives him an answer. He asked him, what is the great commandment? And Jesus said, uh, uh, well, the, the first and great commandment is this, uh, uh, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Now, bear with me. While I write it. Now what did he say? He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God uh, with all thy heart and all thy soul uh, and all thy mind. Isn't that right? He said, That's the first and the great commandment. He answered him. He said, There is one that sticks out uh, above all the others. There is one. me write it and you bear with me all right thou shalt love the lord thy god uh, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and all thy mind what about that he said that's the one john now stay with me i want you to stay with me while i'm writing this that's the one leona that sticks out above all the others that's the one that when jesus was asked what is the great commandment he said the first and the great commandment is this that thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind so thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? With, what's that next word? Talk to me. Shalt love the Lord thy God with what? All. What's all mean? All means all, and that's all that all means. Isn't that right? He said you ought to love the Lord thy God with all thy what? Heart. I'll take up a love offering for y'all. I know you're helping me tonight. With all thy heart and with all thy what? Soul. And with what? Don't mess me up, Kurt. With all thy mind. All right. So he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. But then what interested me about his answer, John, was he said, But while I did answer your question, that is the first, and that is the great commandment, but you can't hang everything on that. you got to have the second one too. Isn't that what he said? Watch what he said. Notice verse number, I believe it's verse number 38. The Bible said this is the first and great commandment. Talking about verse 37. Then he said, and the second 
is like unto it. He said, now you asked me what was the great commandment, and I'll give you that, but I've also got to tell you the second commandment uh, because that's important too. Now y'all help me. I want you to talk to me in this part. What did he say? He said, the second is like unto it. What did he say? Thou shalt love. Isn't that right? Thou shalt love what? Thy neighbor. Now what did he say? As thyself. Is that right? All right. So he said this is the first commandment, and that is the great commandment, but the second, he said, was like unto it. Now I'm interested in that. Now they've asked him a question. They said, what is the great commandment? And he's answered them. He said, well, the great commandment is... Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And he said, that's the first and the great commandment. But he said, the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, he's made a statement in the latter part of verse 39 that I'm interested in. Or the first part of verse 39. He said, and the second is like unto it. Now we've got two different commandments that the Lord give uh, and he said John that the second is like unto the first. So I want to take some time and look at the awareness uh, of these similarities. There's some things I believe he wants us to be aware of. Notice some similarities with me, All right, Now y'all want to hit me. What's the first thing you see uh, that looks similar? Love. All right, we'll get there in a minute. What's the next thing you say looks similar? Don't think too much into it. Thou. Ain't that right? Listen, I'm just simple. Y'all trying to get fancy with me. I'm just being simple. You want y'all want to get up here? I mean, I'm just trying to be simple. Thou. It both starts with thou. Isn't that right? Now, I, I, I know y'all I know y'all asked me. Uh, I think y'all just try to make me feel good. But some of you said, how in the world do you come up with some stuff? look at it and say, well, they both start with thou. There might be something to that. I mean, I, I, I'm just being honest. Thou. You say, preacher, what are you going to do with that? They're both personal. Did you know that? Both of them are personal. That word thou, don't get all messed up with that. I, people love to get all messed up with these these and thous and all that. You know what thou means? It means you. That's what it means. It means you. John, he's talking to you, and he's talking to me, and he's talking to you, and to you, and to you, and to you, and to you. Thou, it's personal this morning, this evening. It deals with every single one of us on a personal level. Isn't that right? He's not dealing with corporations. He's not even dealing uh, with churches in entirety so much. He's dealing with individuals. He said, you, uh, thou, it is a personal commandment. What about that? They're both personal. Not only are they both personal, I want to say this. What's the next word you see? Shout. That's interesting to me. They're not just both personal. They're both positive. And that may not mean much to you, but you look at, you take the Ten Commandments, nine of the ten are negative. Did you know that? Thou shalt not. Is that right? But he didn't say thou shalt not. Kirk, these two are positive. He said, I want you, thou, that's personal, but he said, it's not something I don't want you to do. It's something I want you to do. Isn't that right? 
I was listening to I was listening to a Facebook live video. It, it was fairly interesting to me. It may not be to you, but it was a. I'm not going to much detail about who it was and all that. If you want to know, I I get with you later. But it's about a a man, a preacher, John, that was. I'd say he's 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 pretty conservative. He's pretty hardcore, uh, fundamental independent Baptist. I mean, he's pretty he's pretty straight for the most part. I don't agree with him on everything, but for the most part, he's pretty straight. He's got uh, standards and he's got convictions and he's got all these. And his son Jessica uh, is, is a charismatic pastor of a non-denominational church. And they did a video the other night, John, and they took about an hour and a half and talked about even despite their differences, how they were. Able to still have a relationship one with another. And they made a statement that was interesting to me. The, the, the dad, the older gentleman, made the statement. He said, if I could make one thing different in my ministry, I'd have taught my children more about being spirit-filled than I would have about standards. Now, do you think about that just a minute? What he was saying was, instead of telling them so much what they shouldn't do, I'd have taught them what they should be doing. Are you with me? What he was saying was, I'd have taught them how to be spirit-filled and spirit-led far more than I would have taught them about how they ought not be wearing blue jeans, they ought to have their dress order coming. Are you with me? Now, he's not saying he's against those standards, John, but what he said was, he said, I figured out too late in life that if they were spirit-filled, God would have took care of all those standards. Are you with me? But he, he said, I told them so many standards. He said, I, I can remember they'd go to the grocery store with their mom. And you, hey, I'm just telling you what he said. You can go back and listen to it. He said, they'd go to the grocery store with their mom and they'd come home and say, Daddy, we saw sister so-and-so in the grocery store. And he'd say, oh, really? How's she doing? Well, I don't know, but she had pants on. And he said, it didn't register, John, but he said, I was teaching them to look at standards instead of just loving people. Isn't that right? I was teaching them to look and see what they were wearing or what they were doing. And he said, I wish I'd have told them more that. So what Jesus is saying is, he's not dealing these two greatest commandments that he's telling this Pharisee that that he's considering, John, to be the two greatest. They're both positive. It's not thou shalt not commit adultery. Are you with me? Now we're going to get there in a minute. It's not thou shalt not steal. It's not thou shalt not kill. It's not thou shalt not look on thy neighbor's wife. It's not that. He said the two that I'm interested in are positive. They're things you should do. You should love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. And you should love thy neighbor as thyself. You know what he was saying? He said get your heart right and everything else fall in line. Isn't that right? They're both positive. What's the next thing you see? That next word, love, isn't that right? They're both personal, they're both positive. I won't say this, they're both passionate. Isn't that right? He, both of them said, There's, but you should do this, and both of them deal with love. Isn't that right? He said, you ought to love the Lord thy God, and you ought to love thy neighbor. They're both personal, they're both, they're both positive, they're both passionate. Then I won't say this, they're both purposed. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? Well, that's where the differences start to appear as far as, far as uh, just the, 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 the natural uh, the words would be concerned, I guess you could say. But notice how it's worded. There, there's, a, there's a, John, there's still a formula. There's still a, 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 a I guess you could say formula. There's still a, 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 a purpose. There's still a plan to the writing. He said, thou, thou, shout, shout, love, love. Then he said, the Lord 
thy God. Isn't that right? Yeah. It doesn't say the Lord thy God in the second commandment, but it does say thy neighbor. Isn't that right? right. You say, preacher, what do you mean by their purpose? They both have to be purposed in your own heart. Yeah. And you say, what do you mean by that? Watch this. It didn't say love the Lord. That's not what it said. It said love the Lord thy God. Isn't that right? That's personal again. It's your God. It's the Lord. Kirk, it's thy God. Isn't that right? It's not just love a neighbor. It's thy neighbor. Isn't that right? That's still personal. But you know what the thing about it is? Both of them isn't just something that just happens overnight. Not only you get saved. I know the Lord puts a love for people in your heart. I know that. But you still, John, have a choice. You have a choice. When I, if I come to your house and I, I said something uh, maybe a little bit out of the way or it could have rubbed you wrong, you have a choice whether or not you're going to get mad about that or whether you're going to love me despite that. Right. Yeah. that right? Yeah. You have a choice this evening with the Lord, even, as good as he's been. There's times we don't understand what's going on. There's times we don't understand his plan. You've got a choice whether you're going to love him or whether you're going to be. Are you with me? Now stay with me. It's, it has to be. It has to be purposed. It's something that's purposed in your heart. Now, watch what he said. Shout, love the Lord thy God. Now, that's you purpose that. But that's not all you do. It's more than just saying I'm going to love the Lord my God or I'm going to love my neighbor. He give a description of what kind of love it ought to be. Now, notice what he said in the first one. Now, shout, love the Lord thy God with what all thy heart and with what. All thy soul, and with what? All thy mind. So he said, and what he said, all means all, and that's all that all means. He said, when you, if you're going to love the Lord, you better purpose in your heart to love Him with everything that you've got, with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. You've got a purpose to love Him with everything that you've got. That doesn't just happen by coincidence. That's a decision that has to be made. Isn't that right? You may tell you the difference. I'm going to pick on preachers. I've been preaching that preacher's meeting. I guess I just want to pick on them. You may tell you the difference between a preacher that God really uses and one that uh, just kind of humdrum along throughout his ministry. i tell you what it is. It's whether or not he's willing to give him everything. I'm just being honest. It's whether or not, it's whether or not a man's willing to say, Lord, I'll give you everything I've got. John, that's what I told them young preachers on there Friday night. I said, you ought to find yourself a place to say, Lord, I'll marry who you want me to marry. I'll go where you want me to go. I, my ministry will be anything you want to be. I don't have to preach like my hero. It doesn't have to be passing if that's not what you want. I'll go to the, it's not with me. I'll give you all of me. That's how you love him. That's what Jesus said, love him with all your heart, all your soul, and all all your mind. Give him everything that you've got. That's exactly right. He said you've got to give him everything and that has to be purposed. Then that neighbor, he said love thy neighbor as thyself. Now I don't have to spend much time on that. We all love ourselves pretty good if we just be real honest with it. I mean you make, now let's be honest, you make sure you, you make sure self's got clothes on. You make sure self's got food in your belly. You make that right? Uh, just stay with me. I'm just, I'm just trying to help us tonight. I, it amazes me. People say, well, I, I, it wasn't too long ago. 
not here, but another another friend of mine that goes to another church called me, and he said, or well, they said, they said, uh, can I talk to you about something? I said, sure. And he said, our church just voted to help a family, and he said, hey, kindly, kindly, kindly rubbed me the wrong way. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he said, they just bought a car not too long ago, a nice car, brand new car, and he said, and I, I know things have kind of got tough, and he said, but I just thought to myself, well, it looks like to me, if they could have afforded that car, that we ought not have to go buy them some groceries. We ought not have to pay their power bill. And uh, they don't really. I mean, he's this is exactly what I said. I'm just being honest. He said that he said they they afford that car. What they, they should have been more. If we didn't have to pay their power bill, so they could have air conditioning, now they ought to been more worried about their air conditioning if they wanted it than that car. He said, I, I'm just being honest. You don't have to have air conditioning. They used to didn't have it. You say, preacher, what would you say? Well, y'all know how nice and cuddly I am. I said, it sounds like to me you're jealous of a new car. That's right. I'm, I'm just being honest. And I said, it sounds like to me you're jealous because they've got a better car than you do. And I said, I guarantee you one thing. Uh, I said, I bet your air conditioner went out you'd want one on. That right? And it wouldn't matter whether you just went to the beach or you just went to the race or you just bought a new car. What matter? You'd want an air conditioner. Uh, I'm, I, I'm talking to me just as much as anybody else. And the Lord said, love thy neighbor as thyself. He didn't say try to figure out what it is they need. He said treat them like you treat yourself. Isn't that right? Well, that won't have to hit me just a little bit. I heard, heard an old preacher say this one time. It made a whole lot of sense. And that back then, John, they really didn't know nothing about political correctness at all, and I believe they had it right. But he made this old author, Big Green, made this statement one time. There was a church in his community, and they had, they had advertised Kirk that they was going to have a garage sale at the church, and uh, that just really fired him up, I guess. And he said, uh, he said, on the sign it said that they had some coats that they were going to be selling if anybody needed a coat. They'd put that in the paper. They had coats and they had this and that. And he he made this statement. He's right, by the way. He said, if you've got a coat that you can't wear or you don't want, you ought to give it to somebody instead of trying to say, ain't that right? I mean, that, ain't that right? Let's just go ahead and nod your head. You'd want somebody, if you need the coat, you'd get you a coat. And if you love your neighbor like you love yourself, if they need a coat, it'd tickle you to death to go buy them a coat. That's exactly right. And that's what Jesus said. He said, you've got to love the Lord with everything you've got. And you've got to love your neighbor just like you love yourself. Oh, my soul. Mm. I'm talking to me. I'm not, I, I promise you, I'm talking to me. But I thought, Brother Corey, I, I'm talking to me. I'm going to use myself as an example. You know what I've been guilty of? I've been guilty before uh, going to help, going to get some food or some groceries at different times for, for a family in need, whatever the case may be, John. And I've been guilty of going through and saying, well, I'll just get the generic brand. Go ahead and nod your head. But you know what? Most of the time, Kirk, my wife goes to the grocery store. She gets the whatever you call it. I don't know what you call it, but the name brand, yeah. She gets name brand. I mean, we ain't always getting the great value brand. We ain't always getting the food line brand. Well, most of the time we get, we want what's going to be good. Is that right? If you loved your neighbor like you loved yourself, you'd go buy them the name brand. Is that right? Go ahead and nod your head. It'd be all right. Now, I'm just telling you, I'm just getting, I won't plan on going this deep into this, but I'm just going to go ahead. It's what he said, love them like you love yourself. John, I go buy myself a pair of shoes. I'm not always looking for the cheapest pair of shoes. I want some good shoes. Ain't that right? And he said, love thy neighbor 
like you love yourself. What about that? That's the two commandments. So it says similarities. They're both, they're both personal. They're both positive. They're both passionate. And they're both purposed. They have to be purposed in your heart. It's the decision. You have the ability tonight to be able to be able to not love them like you love yourself. You have the ability tonight not to love the Lord with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. Excuse me. So we see the asking, we see the answer, we see the awareness. Now here's where I really want to get. Notice with me the application. And I'm almost done. I'm 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 going to draw you a little picture right here in just a minute. We're going to quit, all right? The application. You say, preacher, what's all this have to do anyway? What does this matter anyway? Well, let's look at it a little bit deeper. And I want you all to talk to me. I told you, I take up a love offering. We're going to put you all on salary, all right? Now listen, what's all this have to do anyway? What's the first one dealing with? I don't, that's exactly right. What's the second one dealing with? Relationship with man. Isn't that right? All right, so we've got, now watch. The first one, John, which is, what he say? It's the first and it's the great. Isn't that right? It's the relationship with God. So the first one deals with our relationship with God. Now, the second one deals with our relationship with man. Isn't that right? It's our neighbor. It's our common man. It's those that live in our community. It's those that we interact with. It's those we can see. Our relationship, I'm going to use abbreviations. That'd be all right with y'all. With man. So the first one deals with God, and the second one deals with man. Now, look with me in verse 40. What the Bible say? On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You know what he's saying? He's saying if you can get these two right here, you've got the rest of it licked. I know I'm, I know I'm paraphrasing. That's what he's saying. He said on these two, everything else hangs. He said this is the first one. This is the second one. And all the rest of them are underneath those. If you can get those two, the rest of them will be no problem. Is that right? right? Now, what is, let's stay with me now. What did he say? What's the first one? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. So when it comes to the relationship with God, if you love him with everything you've got, if you can get that down, all the rest of it with God will fall into place. Is that Right? With man, if you can get to work, Kirk, you love your neighbor, you love your fellow man, as good as you love yourself, everything else will fall into place. Ain't that right? Now stay with me. We're going to do a whole lot of groundwork to give you just about five minutes worth of preaching, but I am going to preach right here in just a minute, all right? Now watch this. Turn with me if you would to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter number 20. Now y'all going to have to help me, all right? I'm going to use a lot of abbreviations, but y'all want y'all to help me. Now, when you get there, somebody, I don't care who it is, somebody read verse number three when you get there. Well, I'll read the first one while y'all turn it. Bible said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, Exodus chapter 20, that's dealing with the Ten Commandments. We know that. He's laying out those Ten Commandments that he gave to Moses to give to the children of Israel. So the first commandment that he gave was, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Let me ask you a question. If all of the law hangs on these two, that right? We've already said that first one dealt with the relationship with God. Second one dealt with the relationship of man. Which one did the first of the Ten Commandments deal with? 
relationship to God, right? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Isn't that right? So the first commandment, I'm just going to do this. Y'all can go back and read it if you want to. The first commandment deals with the relationship with God. Isn't that right? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, can I show you something? If you love him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, you're not going to put anything else before him. That right? Notice what he said. Thou shalt have no other gods. Notice that word gods. Lowercase g o d s. That's not just talking about Baal and Buddha. It's talking about anything. It's saying thou shalt have nothing else. Kirk, nothing else should be above me. Well, guess what? If you love him with all, what's all mean? All means all, and that's all that all means. So if you love him with all your heart, you don't have any love left for anything else. If you love him with all your soul, you don't have anything else to love him with. If you love him with all your mind, you don't have anything else to love anything else. Ain't that right? So you have no problem putting no other gods before him because you already love him above all else. What's the second commandment? Somebody look with me. Y'all going to hit me tonight. Somebody read uh, about verse 4 down through about verse 6 real quick. So he said, thou shalt make no graven images. Isn't that right? You know what that is? That's talking about idols. That's talking about an image, John, that you can worship. It goes right along with the first one. He just said, you don't have to. You love another God above me. You don't have to make an image. But he's saying, don't make anything else. Don't have any idols. Don't have anything you can look at, whether it be in heaven or earth or below the earth or in the sea, whatever the case is, don't make anything a graven image. Isn't that right? Don't make a fish a graven image. Don't make a cloud a graven image. Don't make, don't make a tree a graven image. Don't make anything anything, uh, great. don't do anything, don't worry about any of that, you're just going to worship me, don't bow down to anything, don't worship anything, don't make any idols, no graven images, just worship me. Now can I show you something, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a broken record, but if you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind, you'll have no desire to worship a tree. You have no desire to worship a dear stand. You have no desire to worship your job. You have no desire to worship your husband. You have no desire to worship your wife. You have no desire to worship a graven image. You have no desire to do that because you love him with all that you have. Isn't that right? So if you can get that first commandment, you've got the first two of the ten already licked. Isn't that right? Watch this. Verse number seven. Brother Chris already read it. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. So the third one. Lord's name in vain. Uh, you say, preacher, what are you going to say about that? Well, pretty much the same thing. If you love him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, you'll have no problem not taking his name in vain. Because why would you do that? You love him with everything you've got. Isn't that right? Why would you want to do that? Are you with me? Yeah. See how they all hang off that one? Are you with me? Now watch this. Somebody, uh, somebody besides Brother Chris, I'm going to treat y'all like a Sunday school class tonight. Somebody besides Brother Chris, read about verse 8 through 11, will you? 
Okay, I'll do it. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So the fourth thing is to keep the Sabbath day. Now let's talk about it just a minute. That's where it gets a little bit tricky in my mind. Where do you think it goes? Does it go into the relationship with God or the relationship with man? Relationship with God. How come? Because it's a reminder that God was the one that created. It was a reminder that he worked six days, rested on the seventh. It was a reminder that he commanded. It wasn't the fact whether or not you work or not doesn't affect your fellow man. It's something they were doing toward the Lord, realizing that he did what they couldn't. And uh, so it's their relationship with God. So we're just going to say this. Keep the Sabbath, all right? So there's four things so far that deal with the relationship with God. Now, what about the next one? What's the next one? Verse number 12 uh, starts a new thing. The Bible said, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, what's that deal with? Relationship with man. Honor thy father and thy mother. That's dealing with those that are they're your neighbor. They're those that you see. They're the fellow man. So uh, for a second time, I'm just going to do this. The fifth commandment deals with man, that honoring your father and your mother. What's the next one? Verse 13. Thou shalt not kill. Well, he's not talking about thou shalt not kill the Lord. That's not possible in there. He's talking about your relationship with man. So there's another one. The sixth commandment deals with your relationship with man. What's the next one? Verse number 14. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Uh, that's the seventh commandment. Deals with committing adultery. That's with your neighbor. Uh, so that would be the seventh commandment. Deals with your relationship with man. Verse 15. Thou shalt not steal. Uh, the eighth commandment. Dealing with your relationship with man. You are not be a thief. Then verse number 16. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. No doubt about that. The ninth commandment is dealing with your relationship with man. Tenth commandment, verse number 17, the Bible says, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, thou sh- nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. So that tenth commandment definitely deals with thy neighbor. You are not covered his house, you are not covered his wife, you are not covered his manservant, his maidservant, his ass, his ox, you're not covered, covered anything he's got, you're not be jealous and envious of anything that he has. Now you say, preacher, what are you going to say about all that? If you love your neighbor, if you love your fellow man like yourself, you'd have no problem honoring your father and mother. Right. that right? If you, if you love your mama and your daddy just like you love yourself, you'd have no problem honoring them. Yeah. that right? Well, I might as well just stop and help us right here. If you'd love your husband as much as you love yourself, you'd have no problem submitting to him. You submit to yourself all the time. You do whatever you want to do. Isn't that right? If you'd love your wife as much as you love yourself, you'd have no problem loving your wife as much as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You give stuff up for you all the time to get something else you want. Isn't that right? Have no problem doing that. So it deals with whether or not you love your neighbor. That sixth commandment, verse number uh, 13, thou shalt not kill. If you love your fellow man as much as you love yourself, you wouldn't ever kill him, isn't that right? Yeah. 
If you, and there, there's a natural desire within us to preserve our life. You'd never kill your fellow man if you loved him as much as you do yourself. Uh, what about thou shalt not steal? Well, you wouldn't want nobody stealing from you. You're trying to get everything you can get. Let us go ahead and nod your head. It'd be all right. You're trying to get everything you can get for yourself. You don't want nobody to take what's yours, do you? So why'd you take something? Are you women? If you loved your fellow man as much as you loved yourself, there wouldn't be no problem when it comes to stealing because you'd love him as much as you'd love yourself. Watch this. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. You wouldn't do that if you loved him as much as you love yourself. You shall not cover his house, his wife, his, his maidservants, and all that. You understand that. Now, stay with me right here. Here's where I won't get. I'm going to preach right here in just a second. All this just been introduction. Ain't you enjoyed it? Now, watch this. Watch, I want you to look at this picture. The first commandment fell into the relationship with God. Second commandment fell into the relationship with God. Third commandment fell into the relationship with God. Fourth commandment fell into the relationship with God. Isn't that right? In that you know, of the ten... There's four that deal with God. Is that right? Now, if there's ten commandments and four of them deal with God, how many of them deal with man? Six. All right. So six deal with man. Now, we, 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 we was going to get into this a little bit with, with what we was doing a while back, but whenever they get there, four is an interesting number in your Bible. Four is considered to be... Uh, a picture or a representation is referred to as the number of creation. On the fourth day, John, God had completed, while he was still working, I understand that, but he had completed as far as forming the earth and forming the light and forming all that, he had completed creation on day four. Are you with me? So it's referred to as the day, as the number of creation. And with that, it's also the number of power. He said, Preacher, what do you mean? Well, if God created everything, that took some power, didn't it? I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but if he created everything, that took some power. So four is the number of creation and also the number of power. Because, like I said, if God created everything, then it must have taken some power. So there's four in relationship in our relationship with God. Now in our relation with man, there's six. Anybody know what number six is? Number of man and also man's weakness. That right? If four is the number of, of creation and power, six is the number of man. Man was created on the sixth day. There are several things we get into, but it's also a picture of man's weakness. Now, can I show you something? And I'm done. Jesus said, let's read it one more time. Stay with me. The Bible said over there, Matthew chapter 22. Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now you say, Preacher, what are you saying? I said all that to say this. Now it's not the law is made up of more than just those Ten Commandments, but I don't think you want me to take all 300 and some laws and go through that. But uh, the, we just took those 10 for an example. The first four deal with the relationship with God. The last six deal with man, with, with the number of man and man's weakness. Four deals with creation and God's and the power. Now you say, preacher, what are you saying? Jesus said the first and greatest commandment was to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul. Isn't that right? 
And the second, which is like unto it, means it's similar, is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And that all the law, Kirk, hangs on these two. If you can get those two, you can lick the rest of it. But there must be, the Bible said that the law is a schoolmaster, isn't that right? There's got to be some lesson that the Lord wants us to learn from this. There's got to be something, John. I got this far and I thought, boy, that's pretty neat, but I don't know when I'm going to go with it. There has to be something that the Lord wants us to learn. And I got to looking at it and I thought, you know what? I've learned something down through my life. Seems like the more, the longer I've been saved, sharing, the, longer, the more I, I'm not bragging on me, I'm no special person, no great Christian, but uh, the longer on I've tried to do my best to live by the book and do the will of God, there's some things I've learned. You know what I've learned? I found, John, that I love the Lord more and more because I realize his power. Is that right? I realize how much mightier he is than me. I mean, there's been a lot of times in my life that I've failed and I've fallen short. And Kirk, the lower I see myself, the higher it seems like I see him. Isn't that right? I mean, I've learned to love him for who he is. It's not just, Kirk, what he did. It's just who he is. I mean, he, he's worthy of our love and our admir- admiration just because of who he is. You know what else I've learned the longer I've been saved? I've learned that day by day, there's more and more getting out of church, turning their back on the Lord, falling by the wayside. Don't Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I've learned there's more and more and more just falling out by the wayside. You know what I found out? The longer I'm in it, John, I find out how much powerful the Lord is than I am. And the more I'm in it, the more I find out how weak man really is. Is that right? You know what the law does? It shows us how powerful, how high, how exalted, how holy, how magnificent that God is. But the same law that does that, John, shows us how weak, how sinful, are you with me? How bad that we are. You know what you'll find out when you love your fellow man? You'll find out your own weakness. I'm just being honest, Kurt. You ever get to the place, now listen to me. You get to where you love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. I mean, you make him your everything. You know what you'll find out? You'll realize just how powerful he really is. You'll realize when you stop and look around and you realize how much of a nothing you are, how many times you've failed, how many times you've fallen. You know what the Lord's looking for? He's not looking for ability. He's just looking for somebody to be available. Let me say that again. He's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. Did you know that? He's just looking for somebody that I love him enough to say, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. If you can do anything with me, here I am. I just love you and I'd like to do something for you. That's what he's looking for. He doesn't need you to be able to do anything. He can handle all that. He's got the ability. He just wants you to be the available. Are you with me? Now stay with me. You know what I find out, Kurt? It amazes me. I don't mean this bragging at all. I don't. I, 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 I don't mean it big-headed or anything. But, John, I went down there, and when I went down there Friday night, I, I, I poured my heart out, told more of things that happened to me in my ministry than I guess I ever have preaching. I mean, I, I told a lot of stories, it seemed like, way out of my comfort zone preaching because I didn't preach that hard. I, didn't, I felt like I was talking more than anything. But some of them young boys come up, 
And I remember one boy shook my hand. He just got out of college. Kirk, he went to, went to a Bible college. He shook my hand, and he said, Preacher, I went to Bible college, and I, they taught me how to study. They taught me how to make an outline. They taught me some fancy words. But he said, Preacher, they couldn't teach me what you was talking about tonight, but I want it. I, I, that did something. To, I may not do much to you, but that did something to me, Kirk, as a preacher, to see another young boy hungry for the things of God. I, I, I asked another come up and said, Preacher, I, I, I want that prayer you was talking about. I, I want that. Would you help me pray that God would give it to me? And I, I, I'm going to go home and do like you said and draw me a circle. And I'm going to say I'm not getting out until God will fill me with his power and God will let me use me again. And I, you say, Preacher, what are you saying? I went out under fellowship hall and I sat down and I thought, my soul, how powerful God must be to use somebody like me to touch those boys. I don't mean that bragging. I'm saying as bad and as vile as I am, Kirk, how powerful he must be to be able to use somebody like me to help somebody else. The longer I'm in it, the more I love him, the more I find out how good he is, how great he is. I mean, it seems like the more, I, it's kind of like I, I told my wife one time, I know it's real sappy, you ladies like this, but I told my wife one time, uh, we, we hadn't been married too long, I don't think, I may be getting it wrong, we may not have been married, I don't know, but I remember saying this, I told her, I said, the first time I ever saw you, I thought I couldn't love you anymore, and then I did. And I said, well, when we went on our first date, I thought I couldn't love you anymore, but then I did. And we got married, I thought I couldn't love you anymore, but then I did. And when you told me you was pregnant, I thought I couldn't love you anymore, but then I did. When I saw you have Andrew, I thought I couldn't love you anymore, but then I did. How I many it seemed like, Corey, every time I thought I couldn't love her anymore, something would happen, something would come up, and I'd fall in love with her deeper than I was before. That's how it was with the Lord. I, I mean, the more you love Him, the more He'll show off. I, and the more you love Him, the more you'll realize how great He is. Uh, are you with me this evening? Uh, that's what he's telling us. Uh, if you love him with all your heart, uh, he'll show you his power this evening. Think I say this, the more you love your fellow man, you know what you'll realize? You'll realize man's weakness. It worries me sometimes, these people, that they, they'll, they'll talk about, they'll say things like this. They'll say, well, I, I've heard people say this, John, that, that they've told me before, said, well, we had to give so-and-so this much money because they blew it on dope and they've messed their life up. And it, it's just such a, I mean, just downing them for every decision they've ever made. Can I tell you something? The more you love your fellow man, you know what you'll find out? It could be you. Now, nary one of us in this building that's above getting strung out on dope. Do you know that? I don't care how spiritual you think you are. I don't care how big and bad you think you are. Man is weak. They don't want us in here. You, you say, oh, preacher, can you believe so-and-so did that? If you loved them like yourself, you'd realize you're very capable of running around on your wife. You'd realize it, you're not above cheating on your husband. You'd realize you're not above stealing a... Somebody help me this morning, this evening. You'd, the more you love your neighbor, the more you'll realize how weak man really is. Is that right? Watch this. Can I show you something? In Bible numerology, there's a thing called a perfect number. And it goes along with other things in matters. There's... There's some relation, but let me show you this. Ten in regular math and other things that has some important things. There's some, there's some, there's some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's some characteristics of the number ten that are important. Now, seven 
is God's perfect number. I know that. But 10 is, in some ways, a perfect number. It's an even number. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a uh, well, I can't get in my mind what I'm trying to say because I really wasn't planning on saying all this. But I, I won't make your point. 10 is an interesting number. You count by 10. There's a lot of things. 10 is a multiple of a lot of things. You with me? There's a lot of things that it, it magnifies. For example... Anytime you take a number in numerology, say four is the number, or six is the number of man. Well, if you multiply that to 60, that's a multiple of six, so it magnifies that meaning. Are you with me? So 10 is a, is a magnified number. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting number. Can I show you something? In 10 is, the, is, is, is in some ways considered a perfect number. Now, we all know this is simple math. Four plus 6 equals 10. I know that sounds real simple. But with 10 being that perfect number, I'm interested in that. Now, 4 is the number of creation and the number of power. We're talking about the Lord's power. He is the creator. Isn't that right? But 4 is not a perfect number. And 6 is the number of man. And 6 is the number of weakness, man's weakness. John, it's not a perfect number. But you put the number 4 and you put the number six together, and it's ten. Kirk, that's a perfect number. Is that right? By ourselves, we'd just be weak. Is that right? By ourselves, we'd just be weak. We'd just be nothing. It'd just be weakness. That's all it'd be. But when you take man's weakness and put in God's power, aren't you glad you got something you can work with? Now, he doesn't need us tonight, but he chooses to use us. Isn't that right? Then that stay with me. He doesn't need us tonight, but he chooses to use us. Aren't you glad that through the law you learn how to love the Lord? You learn how to love man. You learn God's power. You learn man's weakness. And you know what you find out? You find out that the God is interested in your weakness. And it won't take you long at all. You ever experience it, and you'll find out you're real, real interested in God's power. And when you put that together. What a combination. The Bible said his strength is made perfect in weakness. Isn't that right? What about that? The weaker you get, the stronger he is. Isn't that right? You say, preacher, what are you saying? No wonder Jesus said the first commandment is love thy God, Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. Love thy neighbor as thyself. All of it, Kirk, hangs on those two things. You say, preacher, my life just seems like it's a mess. My life just seems like everything's tore up. Well, if you say that, tell you what you ought to do. You ought to get rid of anything that lets you not love him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Is that right? He lost it cutting wood, and he had to cast wood in to get it back. Is that right? He said, preacher, things are a mess. I just feel like all my priorities are messed up. I'm not putting the Lord first. I'm not putting my neighbor, I'm not loving my neighbor like myself. Tell you what you better do. You better get rid of anything that doesn't let you love him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You said, preacher, it's 2020. I can't give up my cell phone. Well. Preacher, it's 2020. I couldn't give up my phone. Preacher, it's 2020. I can't give up my TV. Well. 
It's getting off. I'm not saying tonight you have to. I'm not preaching against it, but I'm telling you this. If it's, it's a hindrance between me and the Lord, if it's, if it's messing my relationship up with him, Kirk, I'd go home and throw every TV I've got out the window. Boy, it's awful quiet, but I'm just being honest. If it was a hindrance between me and the Lord, I'd take my cell phone, John, and sling it off a bridge somewhere on the way home. I, it wouldn't bother me not nearly a bit. If you love Him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, you'd give up anything to keep that relationship. Is that right? Remember me and my wife first met. Kirk, I was falling in love with her. And I, she didn't. I'm not saying she did. But John, there was a point in that relationship she could have asked me to quit deer hunting and I'd have gladly done it. that right? She could have told me to quit being buddies with anybody she wanted to. I'd have gladly done it, Kurt. You know why? Because I loved her with all my heart. I'd have done anything to keep that relationship right. If you love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, you give up anything to keep it right. That right? So, preacher, I, I, my life's falling apart. Everything's falling to pieces. What did he say? This to me, and I'm done. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. You say, preacher, what are you going to say? If you've never been saved this evening, he's not your God. He's not yours. You don't have a possession of it. You can't love him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. No wonder your life's falling apart. Kirk, they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And what he said, that you love the Lord thy God, all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. If you don't have the greatest, everything else, the Bible said, hinged on those two. If you don't have the first one down, how in the world could you expect your life to be right? It's getting quiet, but I'm just being honest. How in the world could you expect things to go right in your If everything follows under those two, if you don't have the first one right, how could you expect it to go right? Christian, if everything else follows on those two, if you don't love him with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, if you don't love your neighbor as good as you love yourself, how can you expect things to be right in your life? If all the other law and the prophets, John, hangs on those two, if I don't have those two right, how in the world could I expect everything else to go right? Now, I know it's getting off quiet, but I think that might be a good thing. If you don't love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, how can you expect it to go right? If it's not thy God this morning, how could you expect it to go right? If you don't love your neighbor like you love yourself, how could you expect your life to go right? Now, can I teach you something right here? And I, I know it's simple, but I think sometimes it does us good to be reminded of it. You know what our problem is in this generation? Whatever the case, I heard a preacher one time do this, and I was almost against it, but I believe he might have been right. He asked John Ford Priest, he said, I want to ask you a question. He said, if I can take the Word of God and show you clearly and plainly if God will use me to show you something in your life that ought not be there, something needs to be changed in your life, 
Will you, will, you, will you acknowledge and say right now that if that happens, if God does something in your heart and shows you something ought not be there, something that needs to be addressed, something that needs to be fixed with the Word of God, will you, will you promise to raise your hand and say, I promise, preacher, if God will reveal it to me, that I'll go to the altar and do my best to start tonight making it right. And I heard that sharing and I thought, "What? Well, that seems crazy. But you know what I think sometimes? I think sometimes we sit and let, I be honest with Leona, I sit down there in my office, had to ask the Lord to help me with this tonight because I don't always love him with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind. They, now listen, they start, it said and, isn't that right? And all thy soul and all thy mind. There's times, Kirk, I love them with all my heart, but my mind's somewhere else. There's times when I love them with all my mind, but my heart might be somewhere. Are you with me? Oh, friend. He asked that preacher, asked that question, and he made the statement. He said, that ought to be what every one of you come to church every service and say, Lord, if you'll show me in the Word of God something in my heart needs to be fixed. I may not get it fixed tonight, but I will do my best to hit an altar and start making things right between me and you. That's what this is about tonight. This is about our relationship with God, our relationship with man. Can I say this? I, this, is, this thing's growing on me more than I thought it would. I promise. You can look at my notes. I quit my notes a long time ago. I, I didn't give you everything I knew and some things I didn't know. I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm just flying off the cuff right now. But can I say this? You realize tonight when you say, preacher, why is this so important? Well, if you're saved tonight, you've got a relationship with God, and I'd want mine to be the best it could be. Isn't that right? But that relationship with man is what shows others what our relationship with God is. Is that right? It's not just a good idea, Kirk. It's not just the Lord wants us to be neighborly. But what he's doing is he's showing them, well, you give somebody a coat, and we fail to realize this sometimes. You give somebody a coat that's cold, it's not just you are helping them in that moment. But you know what else you're doing? You're showing them that the Lord provides a need in your life, and you want to be a help to them. Isn't that right? That's exactly right. That's what discipline, everything in our life can be tied back to the Lord. It ought to be. That's how we ought to look at our life. It, it, it changed my parenting, John, when I realized that discipline was not just to teach Andrew and Aaron they shouldn't do this, but it was to show them what that the Lord required. To, are you with me? The Bible said, He that beeth spareth not the rod saveth his soul from hell. Isn't that right? What it's showing is it's showing them that the Lord has justice and the Lord is just, but He's also merciful at times. Isn't that right? That's to teach him. And that's what he's saying. He said, your relationship with God has to be right. Then your relationship with man has to be right. Wonder tonight, how's your relationship? Let's stand to our feet. How's our relationship? If we'd be honest. Honest, we know how to be. I'm not going to ask you tonight.